Jammer Sports, the voice of a dad nation. Welcome to On the Rocks with Shark and the Hammer. I'm the Hammer. You can follow me on Twitter at I am Seth Evans. And that's Shark. You can follow him at Kevin Sharky. Uh, we'd love to hear from you guys listening in, all of our Shammerhead Nation. Uh, so if you have any thoughts, questions, feedback, hit us up on Twitter at ShammerPod. Uh, we're here for all your Shammerheads and your thoughts. All right. How you doing, Shark? What's going on, my man? Happy uh, Christmas. Merry Christmas, the whole nine. How was your, uh, how was your weekend? What, what, what's going on? How's it going? It's good. You know, holidays were great. New Year's is coming up. I got the type of job where I get to work every day in between. So I'm living the dream right now. Uh, dreams really do come true. Yeah, look at me go. No, but the no, holiday was good. Kids got way too much stuff. They have been having a blast playing with it all. I don't think they understand that school's coming back next week. Right now, they think this is their life. How's How was yours? Uh, uh, not too bad. So the kid was sick the whole time. He was Ugh. sick, missed the last two days of school before the before Christmas, and he like powered through Christmas. It, it was like an impressive impressive like the michael jordan flu game of christmas (laughs) he was able to power through and play with every toy that we got him but he just you could tell he just wasn't wasn't 100 percent there he just wasn't with it no but now he's feeling better as of today and now he's like a house on fire it's just tearing through everything and actually experiencing it yep every minute that he didn't take advantage of he is now going bananas so that's what's going on in my life it's a you know, it's always fun, but it, you know, is what, what it is. Christmas, Christmas Day, though, we did take advantage of your uh, tradition that we've now stolen for every holiday. The cinnamon rolls for breakfast, it's the best. We did hot cocoa cinnamon rolls this year Ooh. for Christmas morning. Ooh. So, oh, so those actually lasted the whole time, or did you have to get a second batch? Because I know you oh, bought no, them bu- like in like October. Yeah, we found them around, it was probably around Thanksgiving or so, it may have been earlier, I don't know, but they did, they, you know, we were committed to the cause, we did not cheat, we kept them in the fridge and we bought them, or we made them Christmas morning. Very impressive, and uh, we did throw down our Feast of Seven Sesame Dishes on Christmas Day, which was glorious, and how, was the, the, feast of, how was the Feast of Seven, uh, seven Fishes for you? The Feast of Seven Fishes was good, we did it, uh, you know, it's kind of transitioned to more of like cocktail hour style. So cousins, there was a, a crab dip, a lobster mac and cheese, shrimp cocktail. Mm. Uh, there was bacon wrapped scallops, stuffed clams, some mussels. Like it was just kind of all out there and just available to be eaten whenever we just grazed. And it's, it, that's my new favorite way to holiday. We don't sit down at a table anymore. And I'm sure my grandparents are, cursing that this is what the traditions become but it's just fun there's just food for hours i like that i like that tradition better i think the sit down meal like you get your plate you sit down sometimes you get stuck near somebody you don't want to sit near like i remember growing up and like dreading ending up near certain people like oh no i gotta sit down this fucking guy like yeah so maybe that's the right move nobody really sits down everybody's mingling keeps people moving you get to talk to everyone. You get to eat what you want, when you want. I mean, I always felt like, because as a kid, right, you get stuck at the end of the table. It was always yep. like, when is the garlic bread going to make it down to me? Is it going <laughs> to down to me? I can't ask. If you try to raise your voice to ask for something, everyone's, it's too loud. Nobody's listening to you or they think you're being rude because you're a kid and you're just like, I want fucking garlic bread. Give me the yeah. garlic bread just now. Send this shit down here. See, yeah. you know what's funny? So it wasn't the kids' table issue that was for me. 
so my sister and I are the two oldest of the kids in the family. Okay. So we always got stuck next to the adults that nobody wanted to talk to. <laughs> you, were <laughs> so always, the, you were at the divide. <laughs> yeah, and it was awful. It was always like, oh my God, this fucking guy now, he has to talk to me. He's a fucking loser. Like, <laughs> but like, never failed. So, and I guess we that's one thing we're robbed of is so we don't establish that hierarchy in our family. But no, if you think about it, our table was the same way. Like my great grandfather sat at the head of the table and my great grandmother oh. sat next to him. And then it was the hierarchy on down. So how does it feel when you finally make it to the adult table and you're like, but I'm 27th in line? Like, I don't yeah. know, maybe we're better off not doing that. Maybe people need to be held more accountable and I need to start calling out a sister-in-law or something and being like, listen, you'd have been at the end of the adult table, so you better or, get your shit together. Wait, maybe we can combine this. And the idea is they are the last to be able to get up and go get a plate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you are not allowed to have one of the first 17 pigs in a blanket. Get, no. get back. You get third tray. <laughs> maybe that's the move i mean maybe we got to rewrite the rewrite traditions and then make it that way because there there needs to be the hierarchy in the family but nobody seems to know it anymore yeah Yeah, no one knows it's just there's food and and you go so now we i like that we're gonna have to start having tier one appetizer tier two appetizer (laughs) you have not earned a crab cake you're a pigs in a blanket this year yeah you're lucky (laughs) if you get the veggie tray yeah (laughs) (laughs) i like that christmas 2023 is already looking up So back to the hierarchy of things, speaking of which, we had the fantasy playoffs uh, semifinals this past weekend during the uh, during Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. And you and I tried something very different this year. So I wanted to talk through how you felt versus how I felt, and we'll mention the results. I obsessively watched every minute of football over the weekend, and I hated every second of it. And I won. I'm in the finals. How did you feel about your situation? Tell everybody about what you did. So I did the exact opposite of that. I, I told you guys on Friday night or Saturday morning, it's like, I'm not watching. I'll check in once every couple hours. And you were like, there's no way, there's no way. Man, I didn't, I didn't watch believe a second, you. I didn't watch a second of football this weekend. I did check in every now and then, every couple hours to see how things were going. But once we got to 4 o'clock on Saturday afternoon, Christmas Eve, the wine was flowing. I didn't care what happened. I paid no attention to the Steelers-Raiders game. Christmas Day, I watched no football. It was wonderful. I lost, and I don't care. I had an amazing weekend, and I didn't win the championship. I think this just goes back to what we've been saying all along. Fantasy football is not fun. It actually sucked. You're miserable, and you won. Miserable, Miserable and I won. (laughs) And the only fun part of it is the draft and the offseason. That's the most fun part. That's it. Everybody has a chance. It's like being a Lions fan at the draft. It's like, yeah, we're going to be good finally. No, like, you're going to be bad. Everybody's bad. Yeah, there's there's nothing actually fun. I mean, we, we know people that are like depressed and, and like you don't get over it. Paulie's been hanging on to a championship loss for six years. We got a buddy, Graham, who like every single year is like, this is the last year I'm playing fantasy football. This sucks. And it's like, it's not fun. I don't blame anybody. This is miserable. Yeah. I think I found the secret. Don't actually watch. Just check in afterwards and see what happened. So I just, I just feel like I can't do that. I feel like me watching affects the score. And I know it doesn't. But, I'm pretty but sure it doesn't. It doesn't but, it but I get it. But I'm pretty sure that guys on my team, you know, like Justin Jefferson's like, I know Seth's watching right now. I got to have a good performance for him. Like, I, I mean, I feel like that's not true. But No, I mean, no, there's not a chance that's true. But 
Justin Jefferson doesn't give a shit about Seth Evans. Let's just throw it out there right now. He will. He will when I win the title and I do the gritty around the room. Uh, <laughs> We're recording that, right? Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, stress watching fantasy. This goes back to the conversation we seem to keep having. Fantasy is not fun starting week 14. No, it's not. And let's be honest. I can say, oh, I, I found a secret. Don't watch. You know, the reason I didn't watch is because there was a bottle of wine and a plate of food in front of me for 36 straight hours. Like, yeah. let's not pretend this weekend was normal. I'm in the third place game coming up. I'm going to watch every second on New Year's Day, and it's going to suck. Yep. It definitely ruins it. I think fantasy would be better. It's, you know, it almost maybe uh, we need to go back to the paper scoring. Like, somebody has to check the paper and mail it to you, like physical snail mail. Yep. Tuesday morning, you start checking, and then by Thursday, you know what happened. Yeah, exactly. You start knowing scores two days later because, yeah, it is stressful as hell. Listen, to watch. I'll tell you, you hate fantasy baseball, and I get it. Well, we play dynasty baseball, but you hate it. It's convoluted. It's messy. It's confusing. You don't know the players. You know why it's great? I don't watch the games. Before I yeah. go to bed every night, I just look and say, oh, my team got 12 hits today. Pretty sweet. And that's it. That's the extent of my participation. There's something to be said about not just living in it. You know, it's funny. So I wanted to love Dynasty Baseball. I really did because I, I, I genuinely am a big baseball fan. And then I realized I only care about the Yankees. I watch yep. every Yankee game. I obsessively watch the Yankees. But I just don't care enough to even check scores of other games. I'm always like, oh, the A's versus the Mariners, I don't give a shit. Well, there's 162 games, winning and losing in an individual moment doesn't actually matter. Like a good team is going to lose 65 times a year or more. So you, it, I get it as far as that other piece of it, but that's why fantasy football will always be king. Cause you, you tell me last week, was it Jaguars versus who did they play on Thursday night football? I don't even remember. We all oh, Jaguars versus yeah. Jets. Oh yeah. Jags Jets. I, I had already forgotten also. That was, but, that was years ago in my life. Everybody <laughs> checked in for five minutes on that game. Like, that's the equivalent of, like you just said, A's versus Mariners. Nobody's checking in on that game. Nope. And that's the thing. Football is always going to be king. But the big discussion now I've been reading a lot is, should they be changing fantasy back to playoffs weeks 14 through 16? I heard that one. I, I Dude, they're benching Derrick Henry because the game doesn't matter. There's so many guys who might play but might not play enough. I mean, look at the, look at the Jaguars. Travis Etienne might not play that much in this game because it's way more important next week. I, I don't really have a strong feeling either way on it. I mean, I can't say it's stupid because we don't play in week 17 or we never played in week 17. Now we don't play in week 18. So obviously there's merit to making your schedule, you know, fit what's more fun. At the same time, it kind of goes back to there's that running joke of, you know, somebody was like, well, look at all these guys who are being benched in week 17. That's why I always say don't hold your fantasy draft till week 18. Like, <laughs> there's, there's never a right time. These are all factors that we all have to play with. It's a stupid game of stupid luck that is super miserable and only 8% of people every year enjoy it because there's only one champion. I, I don't know. I, Give me more fantasy football. I'll take the 17 weeks and just deal with it. Yeah. I'm torn on it also because there's so many – like they'd have to remove buys from week 14 for that to make sense. It's like – yeah, you're, you're right. There's no right way to do this. Um, but there is one thing that the league has done really right, and I want to talk about this more. Uh, week 18, they're going to have a potential of a flex game. The best thing yes. that's gone totally, totally unnoticed by everybody, and nobody commented on it, is how fucking amazing the decision was to make every game divisional towards the end of the season. It's so much more fun this way. 
they've been doing it. I don't know how many years they've been doing it. I completely agree. It, since the NFL started doing it, it is just it's brilliant. These like, even when they bench their players, people these players still care. Oh, Commanders versus Cowboys. Yeah, guess what? Even if it matters nothing, they care. Cowboys don't want to lose to the Commanders. It it's great. And then they, you know, they added the extra wrinkle where they don't determine the Sunday night game until the week of, and it's basically unofficially the first playoff game of the year. It's yep. brilliant. Yep. And so that's the conversation I wanted to have with you. So there's three main games right now that are looking like they can be flexed into the Sunday night game on week 18. Okay. I'm going to give you all three. And then I want to hear, I want you to rank them for me and I want to hear why. So first is Baltimore and Cincy, Green Bay and Detroit, potentially yeah. for the seven seed. Yep. Jacksonville and Tennessee for the division. Oof. So the marquee matchup is Bengals Ravens of those three. I feel like that is the least likely though, because both of those teams are in the playoffs. So the NFL doesn't want a scenario where it's 20 to nothing in the second quarter. And both teams just say, ah, eh, you know what? Let's just stay healthy and and who cares what happens? Basically, last year's played to a tie. They don't want that. So I feel like it's li- less likely to be that. I would say it's most likely Jacksonville, Tennessee is basically a playoff game. They're the winner that's going to get the four seed. They're in the playoffs. The loser goes home. I would bet good money that that is the game. The sneaky thing, though, in my opinion, nobody cares about Jacksonville versus. Oh, my God. Tennessee. No one. <laughs> The so, NFL is so pissed if that's the game they have to go with. I think they're angry at that game. I think you're absolutely. right. They want Baltimore and Cincy, but there's no loser in that game. No. Now, the Green Bay-Detroit needs a lot to happen. I feel like the Giants have to lose. The Commanders have to lose. The Seahawks have to lose. The Detroit has to win. Green Bay has to beat Minnesota this weekend. Like, There's five or six things that need to line up. Yep. If it lines up that that game is a winner gets the seven seed, loser goes home, I bet everything. I guarantee you that is the flex game. 100%. That would be a great story of the Lions battling for a playoff spot, a last gunner of Aaron Rodgers. Like, this is, it's got the best storyline potential, but it's Lambeau Field. Yeah. It's everything. Like, there's no way Texans versus, or Jaguars versus Titans is, is chosen over that if it matters. Yep. Otherwise, they have to go with Jacksonville and Tennessee, and nobody cares, and everyone cares. Yep. And everyone will watch because it's a playoff game. Yep. Oh, you're watching, and we're watching every second of it. The NFL wants probably the Green Bay Detroit game way more, but I think it's going to end up being Jacksonville and Tennessee. I, I would, I would agree. There's too much that has to happen for it to go the other way. Tua Tagliavolia, Vola, Hola, Vola. That man. Him being bad. <laughs> uh, no, I'm, I'm actually. So I've gone through the gamut of emotions with Tua. I both, I thought he was one of the worst quarterbacks I've ever seen. I, I did a mea culpa and said he's good. Now I actually am just worried about him. No, three actually, concussions at a minimum. Three that have been announced. I feel like the league doesn't watch him. I feel like somebody in that office, he pissed them off. Because they generally do not even pay any attention to him. Something's up with that, right? Like, I'm not trying to announce a new conspiracy theory or anything. but No, no, no. How does this away. keep getting missed? Yeah. But how does this keep getting missed? Like... Is it because it's the Dolphins? Is it? Or is the league pro Tua as a player? I, I don't know what's happening. Does but... he just naturally look concussed? <laughs> that might be. Because there are Let's people. There that. are people who always look tired, or people who always look high, or you know, there is that. But maybe he just always yeah. looks concussed. I don't know. Like 
it shocks me. But at this point, can he keep playing? He shouldn't. I mean, in fairness, if the NFL, which they don't take this seriously, if they took it seriously, everything they said, player health, player safety, all that, he would never step foot on the NFL field again in his entire life. No, that's not going to happen. I think he plays again this year. I think he, yeah, I think he's definitely playing. And if they make the playoffs, he's definitely playing. Yeah, he should. He should, at a bare minimum, he should be done until next next September. Yeah, I'm really, I'm really don't feel good about like watching him play anymore. Like, it, not that I ever enjoyed it, but now I don't feel good about it. No, it's uncomfortable because I mean that one play on the Thursday night game when he basically died. Like you, you're actually at a point now where you're afraid that you're going to see something really, really bad happen. But also, like a car wreck, you can't look away. Which, back to money, there's your conspiracy. The NFL, this is a story. There's no such thing as bad publicity until all of their players are concussed. Well, it's amazing to think back the way things have transitioned. So, I mean, I think about Troy Aikman a lot of, like, oh, he just got his bell rung. Yeah. And he stayed in the game. They just put some smelling salts under his nose, and he was good to go. I mean, even what was it, 10 years ago, 12 years ago, we used to watch those jacked up segments on uh, ESPN Sunday morning. They were fucking awesome. Everybody loved that shit. Because it, big hits. That's it. Big hits. That's what everybody loves to see. Yeah. But now it, it's not as fun watching the big hits anymore. No, and I don't think it's that we've grown. I think it, like, I don't think it's because we're older. I think it's because we've grown as a, a our awareness. I don't enjoy watching people. Listen, when you saw what happened, what Junior Seau did to himself and you yeah. go down the list, like, I know what this is potentially leading to. That's not fun for me. Uh, is it writing a rap album and then getting naked in a pool in in uh, Dubai? Because I can tell you, Antonio Brown, I can tell, I can pinpoint the moment his brains got scrambled. Oh, against Cincinnati. Yeah, Vontez Burfick literally scrambled his brains, yeah. and he's never been the same after it. And it's not even like a, oh, he's being a little weird. Like, no, no, that dude lost his shit. Yeah, he needs, like, permanent help. Uh, which I think Vontez Burfick should have to pay for. <laughs> but I don't blame him. He's just doing his job. No, but he also seemed to that. No, he, yeah, no, that's fair. <laughs> he, seemed to, he seemed to like it. But, yeah, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, guys like that, after seeing shit like this now, it's just not nearly as exciting. Now, so I'm worried about him. Yeah, I'm worried about him. I was going to say, so do you think he play is how much longer do you think his career is? If I gave you an over under of two and a half more years as a pro, I sadly in today's NFL, I feel like I would take the over in that he will be existing on an NFL roster somewhere. But I, I would bet against him being their starter or a starter three years from now. I, I just, I can't, I can't see it. I, I think he's out of the league. I think he is. I think he's going to become the, the concussion story of like, he has to retire because of them. Cause there's no way like, okay, sure. Maybe he plays again this season. If he gets another one, like he did at the beginning of next year, he's done. There's yeah. no way they can let him keep playing. At, at no some point, doctor would be like, yeah, he's fine. At, at some point, somebody has to, somebody in his family has to stop him. And just like, listen, I don't know what he's made, but he's made enough money in his two and a half seasons to already have the life that he wants to live forever. I understand these guys. Their whole thing is that their life is football. They don't know what to do when they're 35 and retire. So they sure as shit don't know what to do when they're 24 and retire. But somebody in his family has got to be like, nope, you're done. Stop. 
Yeah, I know the money's probably good and whatnot and everything, but I, like as a parent, I would be like, no, dude, sorry, bud, you're done. Yeah. I, I, I mean, a little off subject, but not. Jen and I, like, we have seriously, my wife, Jen, seriously stated that we are thankful that we have two girls. So we didn't even have to ever consider the do we or don't that we let them play football conversation. Oh. Not a chance. I, I have the son. And he's not playing football. Yeah, uh, I, it's not worth it. Well, let, let me rephrase that. He's not playing football as of right now. Aside from the fact that he has absolutely no interest in playing, right? <laughs> even if he did, <laughs> right now, no. If they figure out, so, like, you know what? I don't understand those guardian caps that look ridiculous that they use in the uh, like off training season, camp or training whatever. Camp. Yeah, why don't they just make the helmets out of those? <laughs> if they if they work and they're safer, why wouldn't they wear them all the time? It doesn't make sense. I know they look stupid, but who cares? Yeah, but you build it into the helmet, yeah. and the helmets are bigger, and it's stupid for a season, and then nobody cares anymore. Listen, Brian Robinson told me that big hats are in now, so uh, that's the rumor. <laughs> big hats, big helmets, bro. Yeah. That's how you know. But you know, I agree. Like if they've got the technology, if it exists to make it safer, keep going, find yeah. it. Just make it safer. And then, awesome. I don't understand. So, Tua, to me, I don't think he's going to be lasting much longer. And that leads me to our next conversation I want to talk to you about, which was the quarterback carousel that's going to come up this offseason, <laughs> which just looks fucking bananas right now. And it, it exploded yesterday with the shocking news, shocking-ish news, that the Raiders are benching Derek Carr. They're not dressing him. And now he has said that he's not he's not going back to the team this year. He's staying home. He said he doesn't want to be a distraction, but bullshit. That's not what it is. He's done with the Raiders. He's pissed, and he probably would punch McDaniels in the face if he sees him. Absolutely. Josh McDaniels was a joke, but yeah. that's besides the point. I mean, so what happens? So he, he so let's start with him, quarterback carousel, because I can't even tell you how many people are potentially changing spots. What is What is his next move? He's got all the power here. He's under contract for next year. He's got a no-trade clause. Is he, what is he doing? So two things. One, the logical one that I think Matthew Berry made a joke, like, can somebody just Photoshop him into a Colts uniform already? <laughs> um, odds are the Colts. But yep. the one I saw uh, when you and I were talking offline about this was the Jets. The Jets are the perfect landing spot for him. Jets are a contender with him. The Jets are seven and eight right now with Mike White and Zach Wilson. We've all jokingly convinced us. And Joe Flacco. Oh, yeah, you're right. (laughs) Don't leave Flacco out of this. But we've all jokingly convinced ourselves Mike White is a good quarterback because of how bad Zach Wilson is. But if this team had Derek Carr all year, they're seven and eight now. I don't think it's a stretch to say that they have 10 wins already. Yeah, 10 and five would be a totally feasible record with Carr. Yeah, Derek Carr in January on the Jets in Buffalo or Kansas City. No, I don't think that he's getting them to the Super Bowl, but he's making them a real team. Yep. Okay, I want to play a game with you. Uh, okay. We're going to go rapid fire. I'm going to last off all the quarterbacks that I think off, off the top of my head that I think are moving. And okay. you tell me a landing spot for him. All right, let's do it. All right, let's go. Minshew. Oh, Our Lord and Savior, Gardner Minshew. He's going somewhere stupid like the Houston Texans. And he's okay. gonna he's gonna they're gonna draft a rookie quarterback and he's gonna start for two and a half weeks. Yeah, and he's always just gonna be that he's gonna be the the most personality wise backup. He's the new Ryan Fitzpatrick. Oh yeah, Fitzmagic, Mince Magic. Yeah, yeah, I can see it. That works. Okay, next one. Tom Brady. Retires. You think so? I yes, because 
this is not fun for him. And I think his ego is going to make him say, I want to come back and prove that it's not right. I think his body might tell him, like, listen, dude, there's a chance you make it worse. I think if he makes the title game, he retires. I think if they get blown up in the first round, I think he's crazy enough to try for one more year. Okay. Is it in Tampa or where does he go? Uh, I think he leaves. I think he ends up somewhere, somewhere like the Niners or the Dolphins or so, or the, oh, the Raiders. <laughs> Why not? Yeah, he's going to go to the Raiders. Uh, okay, next one for you. Jimmy G. Jimmy G is going to go to the Commanders. I don't know why, because they're not that bad, and they're not keeping Wentz, and they're not keeping Heineke. He's going to the Commanders. He feels like a Washington commander. Does Rivera keep his job? No. He's gone. They've got new owners. It's a complete re-imaging, and he's he's a good, regardless of who he is as a quarterback, great or not, He's a good image for a franchise. Okay. Well, so my, yeah, he is a, he's a gorgeous man. Uh, next one for you. Speaking of the commanders, Taylor Heineke. <laughs> he is going to be a backup somewhere. The New Orleans Saints. Okay. So for Heineke, I was thinking of the perfect scenario for him. Okay. would be to go to a team that is drafting a top, top uh, quarterback this year. So the Texans or the Seahawks or – the Lions, somewhere that has a rookie coming in, he is probably the second best backup I think you could have in the league behind Minshew. I I, I like that. I think I could see the same thing with him and Minshew as far as they get a job, but they're not going to be the like when the Bears drafted Fields and signed Andy Dalton, QB yes, one, but exactly. not really. Exactly QB ish. Um, so next one for you. Uh, this is an interesting one. I don't know if he's going to go anywhere, but I'm curious. Brock Purdy. I mean. He's not going anywhere, right? Like he, he's a seventh round pick that happened to start for a really good system and looks okay-ish. Like he's their backup next year, no matter who their starter is. I think he is, but there's there in my mind, there's a ten percent chance that some team is like, well, we'll give you a fourth rounder for him. I mean, if that's the case, then yeah, he is going somewhere because San Francisco has to say yes, please do it. Or do they give him the team and then they trade Trey Lance? <laughs> Listen, I don't know. I don't know if he's on your rapid fire list. I don't know what the future holds for. Like, is there any player with a wider range of potential 2023 outcomes than Trey Lance? I have absolutely no idea. Funny you say that because he was next on my list. I was going to do transition from Purdy to Lance. And that was the question. Is he a starter? I mean, clearly the Niners are not as enthralled with him as they were when they selected him. There's something has happened. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure you've heard all the rumors that the Niners traded up to three because they wanted Mac Jones. And then that kind of got made public and they got scared and they pivoted. I don't know if that's true or not, but he's never felt like, like that he's their future, that they love him. He's never felt the way Lawrence in Jacksonville feels or even fields in Chicago. It doesn't feel that way. Re-signing Jimmy G was the clearest sign that they have no faith in Trey Lance. So that's what that's why he was on my list. He shouldn't be on my list for this, but he's on my list as a question. No, if they loved him this offseason before he got hurt, it doesn't like Jimmy G is just gone. They don't care if they take a loss. You just you you get him out of the building. Yeah, you move on. It's done. It's over. It's not even like it was that much of a loss. They were only going to lose some dead cat money. It's not like he was some crazy deal that they owed him. It's not like cutting Russell Wilson. Right. <laughs> so, so, uh, okay, so you think Lance is still there. 
I think that I wouldn't be shocked if Lance is the starter, but I also wouldn't be shocked if Purdy took took over at some point next year. I think Lance is probably the starter. I have no faith in Lance being the 2024 starter. Yep, I completely agree with that. So my next one for you, speaking of, is there going to be a future Danny Dimes? I think he's back. I think the only question is, does he get the franchise tag or do they give him basically the exact same contract that the Raiders gave Derek Carr last offseason, which is a three-year deal, but it's all front-loaded into year one. It's like the uh, Donovan McNabb deal where it's like, hey, here's a long-term deal, except for it's not. Except we can cut you next year and it costs us nothing. Yeah, exactly. That's what it feels like. I think they do bring Dimes back for the sheer fact that they fucked up having a good draft pick this year. They've got no good draft pick. And like, listen, maybe they're able to surround him with a couple more weapons and they can give themselves a second year to evaluate. Because, it's uh, you know, I'm not a Danny Dimes believer, but we've never actually seen him besides Saquon with a competent offense around him. Can, does it make a difference? Can he at least reach Derek Carr level? Uh, no, he can't. I think he is a slightly better version of Malik Willis at this point. That feels a bit like a dagger straight into my heart. And <laughs> be mean, well, but hear me out. Hear me out on this. He can't actually throw the ball. <laughs> but he's not a quarterback. He actually is not bad. At, no, he, he. I'm not trying to make a. See, this is. I'm going to get roped into a pro Danny Dimes argument, which is not my intent. His pass, <laughs> like, he's efficient enough, but he's throwing the ball to Richie James and Isaiah Hodgkins. Like, there's the number of drops that this team has. I don't know what that whole expected completion percentage thing is, but that's some new stat out there. But apparently, he's like top five in the league. Basically, meaning like if he had anybody on his team he might be okay he's fine I, I think you can win with him I don't think you can win the big game with him no I think you okay well this isn't quarterback but who has a better chance of being a giant next year dimes or Saquon dimes I think, think that, Saquon's gone I think this front office is smart enough to say listen we cannot lock ourselves into a Derrick Henry contract for a running back who is not as good as Derrick Henry or with the long-term uh, strength to survive. Yeah, I don't trust this season as, like, his new normal going forward. I think he's gone. I don't know if they – like, I feel like because these guys on the Giants, they all come from Buffalo, and they drafted Devin Singletary, and they drafted Zach Moss. and Like, I feel like they're going to just draft a couple rookie running backs, and they'll bring in somebody like uh, Latavius Murray or something like that. That type guy. Just yeah. to, well, you know, some teams, it's just like, you know, like we've talked about, we're totally off topic, but like the Panthers are doing better with the running game. Now they got rid of the best running back yeah. in the league. Exactly. I mean, the, football's the, dumb. DeAndre Swift is still really, really good, but Jamal Williams is a starting running back. For like for an offense that's not focused on the running game, he's starting level caliber. It wouldn't shock me to see the Giants go after somebody like him this offseason. No, and I think he would have a blast in New York also now that you yeah. say that. That's a fun laugh. I want that now. Yeah. Well, speaking of an interesting one, what about Baker? Where's Baker? Baker Is he a starter? His ego won't let him accept a non starter job, I don't think. Like I don't think he's gonna you and I were talking offline about like, does he stay in LA and learn from McVay and back up Stafford next year? I don't think his ego will allow that. He'll find the worst situation and be a starter there. But if Carr doesn't go to the Colts, I, the Colts are dumb enough to take a chance on Baker Mayfield, right? 
You would think so, but I also feel like the Colts are going to have a high enough pick that they're going to walk away with a quarterback this time. They, I think they even have realized, like, we went through Rivers, uh, Wentz, uh, <laughs> Ryan. Uh, didn't they have a new quarterback every year for the last, like, five years? It's like since Andrew Luck. Yeah, they had Matt. Yeah, yeah all those guys you named. There's one, Jacoby Brissett. And, uh, At some point, it's like, oh, maybe we should just pick somebody yeah. that's a rookie. So I think that Baker – I think Baker's going to end up – I actually think he's going to stay in L.A. I think they like him because they also don't – I don't think Stafford is somebody you can count on for 15 games a year anymore. Listen, he'd be start. He'd be smart to stay in LA. Yeah. He's playing well there. He seems to be doing well. I, I think, I think LA is the right move for him. Yeah. Um, next one, Zach Wilson. <laughs> Does any team even want him as their backup next year? So I, I brought up this idea to you. Now I want to bring this up more and talk through it. Do I trade Derek Carr? for Zach Wilson in like a third round pick. If you're the Raiders, do you do that? I mean, why not? Because you're going to lose, you're losing car no matter what. And he's probably still better than Jared Stidham. Let's be honest. You got to assume so. And maybe a different venue for him with a different quarterback, with a different coach. I don't know. Zach Wilson, I think is a bust. Now I'm just going to say that up front. I think he's a bust. I said that from the beginning. I think he's a bust. Sure. But if I'm them, I'm taking a shot because what's the worst that can happen? You get another top pick. I mean, he he's gonna be somewhere. It was a bit facetious to say, is he even does anyone even want him as a backup next year? But I don't feel like like remember David Carr was mm-hmm. drafted first by the Texans, like their first ever pick, and was just a complete bust. But then he just comes out again. Yeah, he just did. I saw it. Um, <laughs> but it turns out he like put together a really long career as a backup, he even won a Super Bowl with the Giants. And he was a backup till he was like 35 years old or something. Like, I don't see that in Zach Wilson's future. Like, I, he feels like the Ryan Leaf, Jamarcus Russell, like completely out of the league within the yeah. next two years type of guy. Yeah, he's going to be like a CFL MVP. Yeah. <laughs> he's Johnny Manziel. Um, so the next two are not really part of the carousel, but I want to get your thoughts on if you see anything changing. I'll, I'll lump them in together. Kyler and Russ. I don't know that anything can change. I think Kyler gets another chance next year because I don't think that um, Cliff Kingsbury is there. So I think the Cardinals, they're locked into that insane contract. And let's see, let's see if a different coach can unlock something in him. Russ, I don't, I don't know what the hell they can do. Is it like a 50 something million or a hundred million plus million dollars? Don't you remember? We had a conversation not that long ago. If the whole team chipped in a million bucks, then the team only has come up with fifty million of dead yeah. cap. <laughs> That's not bad. Yeah, I mean, like, it's not bad. I, I feel like he's there again next year, and it just is what it is. But be bad. he's not. He's cooked. It, like, Russ is cooked. Every single week he looks worse. Like every week, I'm surprised at how bad he is. I shouldn't be anymore, but it still is surprising. He got benched for ripping. <laughs> <He's like, laughs> what is this? Um, yeah, that I, it's ugly. That is one of the ugliest scenarios in the league. And the next and last one for you I have is Lamar. I still think he ends up back in Baltimore when all is said and done. I think the, the dark horse is the Atlanta Falcons. Hmm. I don't know why Michael Vick, the dirty bird, the Falcons uniform. There's something that just feels like that might actually work. And with Drake London and Kyle Pitts, I, I could kind of see the Falcons just throwing everything at him. But I think when all is said and done, he stays in Baltimore. 
do you think this window of being injured has gotten him more money or less money? I think it's gotten him less money, but also has increased the chances that he stays in Baltimore because yeah, the, they, open, the open market's not going to be what he wanted it to be. No, and also the Ravens realize how fucked they are without him. Right, that too. They built the whole team around him, and now all of a sudden it's like, uh-oh. Yeah, so the quarterback carousel is going to be crazy. I'm really curious. The NFL offseason always feels drunk, so I'm sure this year is going to be even crazier. Oh, it's um, unpredictable. I can't wait to talk about it. So that brings us to the last part that I wanted to talk to you about. It's uh, December 28th, 27th. I don't even know what day it is anymore. I'm in that weird window between <laughs> Christmas and New Year's where I have no idea what day it is, what time it is. Every day just feels like I shouldn't be eating or I should be eating. I don't know. I feel oh, like the holiday. Well, so yeah, the holiday weight gain is just out of control at this point. I did figure out the ultimate move though to solve it. If you're ready for this, I'm, I'm going to blow everybody's mind with this one. Don't weigh yourself. If you don't weigh yourself, you don't know how much weight you're gaining. I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> I can look in the mirror and tell you how much weight I'm gaining. <laughs> Don't put a belt on because every two days I have to move into a different loop. Oh, I can't even put a belt. I haven't put a belt on since the pandemic started. <laughs> but it's, I mean, I feel so sick. So we talked about what I ate for Christmas Eve, Christmas Day. You had your feast of the seven Chinese dishes or sesame yep. dishes. And all we've had is leftovers since then. I went to bed last night and I felt like absolute shit. Like I was just like, this. I, I, I'm disgusting. I'm so sick of myself i woke up this morning and i had a chocolate chip cookie for breakfast and then as i was eating it i was like crying into it i was like this is so stupid now i'm gonna have an <laughs> m&m cookie <laughs> well so speaking of food this is what brought me on so the holiday weekend not knowing what day or time it is uh it's time for a best of 2022 yes what was do it. your what was your best meal of 2022 my best meal <laughs> is not fancy Oh, uh, well, let's, okay. My best meal of every year is Christmas Eve. It's it's the Patrick Mahomes of meals. It's the LeBron James. Like, it always wins, so we don't have to talk about it. And I could give the best meal to somebody else that is not actually as deserving, but let's give them the recognition. My best meal, I could tell you the exact date. It was game four of the NLCS, Phillies versus Padres. Went over to my dad's house. There, you know, the whole family is Phillies fans. And he's got the whole cooking set up and the griddle and the deep fryer. And he just made cheesesteaks and chicken and peat crab fries, which are, Ooh. for those who don't know, basically French fries that are tossed in a cheese sauce and then sprinkled with an insane amount of Old Bay. And that's it. And the whole day was perfect. That was the best meal that I had all year. Cheese wow. fries and cheesesteak. That about sounds you? amazing. Uh, I think mine has to be Thanksgiving. Uh, this year we ran with the two turkeys and everything. I think Thanksgiving has to be the top. I was thinking the other runner up was, uh, I'm a big fan of ahi tuna steak, uh, just sear on each side on the grill and just that. And we usually do that throughout the summer. So right. that's, that's my next, next one. But I mean, Thanksgiving this year crushed it. Um, yeah. Wow. And the best, was amazing. best bite of food that I had this year was there's a little joint we go to. We do a beach vacation down in the Gulf every year. And there's a place that makes, they call it key lime shrimp. And so, you know, bang, oh. bang shrimp. Yeah. Bang, it's, they, it's that dish, but the sauce is somehow key lime flavored. I don't know. It's wild. I, I don't know how to explain it, but it was the best single bite of food I had this year. Wow. Uh, mine was just sitting in uh, Outer Banks eating oysters 
You oh. can just never go wrong with that. That's just my favorite thing in the world to eat. Just can't. fresh oysters with a drink in hand. No, you can't go wrong with that. So what about keeping on the same theme? What was the best thing you smoked this year? Oh, dude, I got this lemon haze uh, that was just amazing. It was so delicious. It just hit right. I was super high. I was just over the top. I really, it's been my favorite weed of the year. Nice. I was more thinking in your smoker, <laughs> what kind of meat, but. <laughs> oh, right, right. Uh, yeah, no, no, uh, that too. Uh, so I smoked, so I got a smoker for the first time this year. Uh, totally on topic. I totally knew what you meant. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. So I got a smoker this year. Uh, very exciting stuff. My favorite things I did this year for my first go was queso. Queso was my favorite. That was a great way to learn like how to time and smoke. I, that was awesome. Queso uh, and, just in the smoker. Yep. That was great. Salmon was a big hit for me. I really loved uh, the salmon in there. Nice. Really fantastic. And then my number one was when I smoked a turkey this year. I was very proud of that one. Bringing it back to Thanksgiving. You did that for yep. Thanksgiving, right? Yep. For Thanksgiving. So we had the two turkeys this year and one was smoked. And I was really proud of uh, proud of the job I did on the smoked one. Nice. Yeah, I what went, about you? What was the best thing you smoked that was in your uh, food-wise? <laughs> best thing I smoked in my smoker this year <laughs> was my baby back ribs. I, I I feel like I dedicated 2022 to perfecting my ribs. The, the year of the rib? The year of the rib. And I, I, it's not a, a single particular rack or anything like that, but I feel like I... I feel confident now that I can just have people over make ribs and they will say like, holy shit, these are really good. And that I'm just, I'm excited about that. That's what I wanted. So it was my ribs. Uh, that's a good one. So uh, being that we're on the rocks with shark and the hammer, what was your favorite drink of the year? Oof, I drank a lot of bourbon this year. Some nights I drank a lot of bourbon just on that night uh, a couple weeks ago. Um, still feeling it? <laughs> it's still still haven't. I I've, I have actually not had any hard liquor since that day. We are coming. It's 19 days now without hard liquor, wow. which might be the longest stretch in I since I I don't know how long it's been. Could be why got, you lost in the fantasy playoffs. It probably has something to do with it. The best drink for me, and it's the same as the Patrick Mahomes and the Christmas Eve, but I'm going to award it, it's Guinness. I, I still, for 20 straight years, I cannot top a good pint of Guinness, and there's nothing in the world better than that. Hmm. Uh, so, totally makes sense. My favorite of the year, uh, Angel's Envy. I was really into drinking this That's year. Nice. Jameson started making cocktail cans. So yes. Jameson and Cola, Jameson and Lemonade – they're amazing. It literally tastes like I'm drinking a soda and I just been getting hammered off these. That's, I mean, that's a win. Yeah. Yeah. And so while I'm getting hammered, I've been watching TV. So what was your number one show of the year? Best show for me. We, we kind of have figured out now we talk a lot about food, the bear on FX or Hulu on FX or whatever the hell actual service it was. The bear was just phenomenal. It really it, was. It, so you've watched it, right? Like it, it, oh, I loved it. captured, kitchens better and working in a restaurant better than anything I've ever seen. I don't know how that plays for someone who's not worked in a restaurant, but anyone that hasn't seen it, you have to watch the bear. It's, it's just exceptional. Definitely had a few moments of like restaurant PTSD while watching. <laughs> my, my blood pressure went through the roof in a couple scenes. You know, the <laughs> things they, they nailed the best is when I worked in restaurants, all we did was just chain smoke. Uh, yeah. But they also nailed drinking out of anything but a cup. Yeah, you drink out of whatever you could find, a soup container, a, a, you know, a bowl, whatter, it doesn't matter. And you're sitting out on the back deck with a cigarette. 
Yep, a cigarette and a and a, a container of water. Yeah. <laughs> it it was brilliant. And, and and the PTSD moment for me was in the one episode that everybody knows that, that was done in one shot when the fucking printer is just printing piece of paper after piece of paper oh, and it doesn't stop. That noise. that noise, I will never not hear that noise. And it, like even right now, I'm getting uncomfortable. Like you can just yep. hear it. Yep, it just makes your skin crawl. Ugh, yeah. What was yours? What was your best show of the year? So the bear was up there for me, but my number one, uh, it started at the end of the year before, but finished in 2022, so I'm counting it. Severance on Apple TV. That was the weirdest, best, strangest show I've ever watched. I didn't know what was happening for the entire thing until the end. I am still not done with that show because my wife, we got three episodes in and she was like, no, literally my skin is crawling. I cannot watch this show. I'm so uncomfortable and I haven't gotten back to it yet, but I need to, don't I? You do. So I'll say this is the only show I've ever watched that is slow on purpose in a good way. Okay. It is painfully slow in a good way. I've watched it and I've been like, oh my God, I can't believe there's still another 30 minutes of the episode. Like it feels, (laughs) you feel it. And it's like part of like the thing about it. And I'm saying this is a good thing for that show. Normally I hate when that happens. Right. But no, this, for some reason, it just fits perfect. You really, you know what? When you go back, don't even start where you were. Just start over. Okay. I, I feel like I need and, to at this point because we did this in the spring. So, Yeah. And I will say, I, I tried to do two episodes at a time because more than that, you start getting like weirded out. So I waited and I like would wait every other week and watch it. Oh, okay. We tried to binge it, not knowing. And so I think we did three episodes in either one or two nights. And it, like when we got back to it on the third night, Jen was just like, nope. No, no, no. So. Too intense. It's too yeah. much. Yeah. Uh, my wife couldn't even watch it. She was like, I can't do this. But I, I absolutely loved it. All right. I'll have to power through and, and, and get, get back on that one. Um, and then I have one more for you. It was called The Resort on Peacock. Totally You've mentioned show. that one before. I have. So the cast is out of this world. It is uh, the dude from The Good Place. His name, Cheaty from The Good Place. His name slipped yeah. my mind all of a sudden. Cheaty from The Good Place, the mom from How I Met Your Mother, and uh, Nick Offerman. One of the best it's, casts I've the ever cast seen. Alone, it, I would say the cast alone makes me need to, to dive in right away. Yep, it's a mystery. You don't know what's going on in the whole story. I, I'm very into these shows that you're just confused by. Yeah. But they tell you, kind of, you kind of get it at the end. But no, great, great story. Uh, highly recommend that one. That was my other one. Th- those two and The Bear were my top three for the year. Okay. No, I, I need to check that out. I mean, I, we ran through. There's a bunch of other shows that obviously we love Stranger Things. Andor yep. was phenomenal this year. That was a revelation that Star Wars could be done that way and that well. Um, but yeah, no, The Bear. And now I need to watch Severance in the Resort. Yep. Yep. So now what What was your favorite dad moment of 2022? <laughs> besides just being a dad, which is as infuriating and wonderful as anything that's ever happened. Uh, I, I would say Noel has become obsessed with Jersey Mike's and with <laughs> it all comes back to food in my house. What can I say? But she loves Italian subs and she wants the whole thing and she likes to go there and watch them make it and order it her way. And like the whole experience. And it's just like, there's no delis in Tennessee. Like I miss, that's one thing about New Jersey. I miss a lot mm-hmm. is, is that type of food. And to have her still fall in love with it, it's just, it's wonderful. <laughs> that's pretty awesome. <laughs> I'm just proud of my kid who likes subs. Yeah. It's the little things. 
Hey, you know, it's the stuff that matters. Like I, my favorite thing is all my son ever wants is bagel now. Yeah. All the time. He's like, can we go get bagels? Can you get bagels? Can you get me some breakfast? Yeah. Favorite thing on earth. So food wise, it, it's the bagel. Here's something I thought was really interesting. It was the first time we were away with the family. We went to the beach. It was wonderful. And they had a pool, like a community pool. Okay. So we went and we swim in and hanging out. And this was the first time my son ever thought through something without involving me and made a decision on his own. It was really interesting to watch. So we're in the okay. pool, we're playing, we're having a blast. We get out and we're back. We get back to the house and he says, "Daddy, my my toes hurt." And I was like, "Oh, okay." And I look and they're cut up, oh. absolutely cut up, totally cut up on on his foot. And I'm like, "What happened? What happened?" And it turns out he in the pool. He was hanging off on the sides and was cutting his toes because it was jagged. Not oh, like shit. bad, but like was rough. So he was scratching up his toes. And I said to him, buddy, why didn't you tell me while we were in there? He said, because I knew you would make me get out. <laughs> and I was yeah, like, wow, that's... I would have. Yeah, you're 100% right. He said, I didn't want to get out. So I was like, wow, he actually weighed the decision in his mind. It's tough. Which is worse. So yeah. yeah, I was like, you tough little bastard. I'm so impressed. <laughs> it's Watching them, because they're both the same age, our oldest, my oldest and your son, watching them transition into whatever that is, it, it reminds me of Noelle is old enough to kind of get ready on her own. She's not quite good at it, but, you know, <laughs> she can. But so she went upstairs and she had, you know, go brush your teeth before we head out. And she came downstairs a little faster than I was comfortable with, but okay, I'm going to give her the benefit of the doubt. She's sick. Yeah. She doesn't know how to lie or anything like that yet. So I thought, and, and, you know, I was like, Oh, let's just, you know, let me go and help you with that. I go upstairs and the toothbrush is wet and she didn't put it away, which she never puts it away. And the, there's no cap on the toothpaste. And it's like, okay, clearly she brushed her teeth. And I was like, so you, you brushed your teeth? And she had that little glimmer in her eye. And it's like, you little, you didn't brush your teeth, did you? And she's like, no, I didn't staged think that. the whole thing. <laughs> she staged the whole thing. And she set it up. And I was so mad. But I was so proud because she's already learning how to game the system. And as much as that's not a trait I want to encourage, that's a survival skill. It's <laughs> I, an I was, important part of life, but it's not one they should know at six. Exactly. <laughs> no, it terrified me. I'm screwed. Like, I am oh, not yeah. prepared for her to live in my house for 12 to 15 more years. But No, and you you having two daughters and the wife, you are highly outnumbered in your uh, house. You need to get a dog, I think, man. I need to get back into hard liquor. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, we have our goals for 2023. Yeah. <laughs> There it is. And if you guys have made it this far, thanks for listening to Shark and the Hammer with Shammer Sports. Uh, we rely on word of mouth for this. So if you'd like to tell your friends, share it, subscribe to our podcast anywhere, Apple, Spotify, give us five stars. We are the voice of a dad nation. Come listen to us. We want to be here. We want to talk to you about what's going on. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you guys next week.